I'm going to try this wireless thing. I'm free. <laughs> now I might be coming to run down the aisles and, you know, pick you up and start dancing and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Lucy tends to be the wild one. When we're at youth group together, she's just kind of, let's do this. Come on. Yeah, I know. She and a few others, it's, it's fun. Um, you know, God is just so good, <clears throat> and uh, he just overwhelms me. <sighs> I'm a little bit emotional, hormonal, sleep-deprived. <clears throat> Maybe have a little bit of caffeine in there, who knows. But So... <laughs> You, you know my frame of mind right now? <laughs> but it's all good. God makes it all good, you know. And no matter what we might bring to him, physically, mentally, emotionally, and all other these, <laughs> he works through it all. <clears throat> he is the one that uh, the message is about. And so, um, the preaching over the last couple of weeks has been so, so good. If you haven't had a chance to be here or hadn't, ha- haven't had a chance to, to listen to any of the sermons, um, Pastor Fred did a four-part series about communication. <laughs> uh, so good about, you know, the essentials of what's needed to move forward as Individuals and as a church body, and uh, just how important communicating with each other is. Um, I honestly didn't re- recognize that fact <clears throat> until I met, met Pastor Fred. And initially, he was a communicator, and I was not. And the transition over the years, he has. <laughs> said, come on, honey. And I'm like, no, no, I don't want to. And he's like, come on, honey. So his arms are probably tired of of dragging me and pulling me in terms of communication. But let me just say, I am better today than I was last week. And I'm better last week than I was six months before that. And you guys get the idea is that it's a process. And it's good. And it can be done. And I am still here. And I'm a testimony of the the way that persistence and honesty and communication go. So if you haven't had a chance to check out that sermon series, I would encourage you to do so. And then Melissa's word last week was just good. It was, it was Jesus. It was, it was about connecting with God, about believing in his faithfulness and being reminded that he's for us and that he does exceedingly abundantly more than we could ever ask or think according to the power, his power within us. That scripture alone, you could just park on that <laughs> for a long time. I mean, all of his word, you can just park on it. (laughs) 
it's just so, so good. And, and God wants to give you more today. His objective today is for you to be saturated with the word. And so I have a lot of word. There's not, it's not that there's no revelation. There are some bits and pieces of revelation, but it's more his word and what he wants you to hear. So if you need, I'm going to do my best to give you scripture references, but if you need or you want a, a copy of my notes later on, I'd be happy to give them to you because he just wants you to kind of soak in the revelation and the saturation of his word. So, Father, we, we want to come before you, Lord, and we lay down all expectation of what this time is supposed to be right now, Lord. And we just choose to set our hearts, our minds, our spirits before you, Jesus. The Holy Spirit, you are good. And uh, your word, Father, is is just so over the top. It's It's rich and it's full. And it's exactly what we need. And Father, as the word goes forth this morning... And all of those who are hearing my voice, God, I just pray that it would accomplish what it needs to. Because your word doesn't go forth in vain. It doesn't go forth without doing what you sent it to do. So we choose, Father, to put our eyes on you. To have you work in us, God. And whatever it is that you want to do in us this morning, God, we say have your way. In Jesus' name. So before Christmas, uh, I was curling on Facebook. And uh, I try not to spend too much time on Facebook. There are certain things that, you know, that I for sure won't, like, pay attention to. Because... <laughs> I just don't have the time to to pay attention. (laughs) But as I was scrolling, um, you know, sometimes people will just post different things. And and I came across this uh, post that somebody had uh, a word search puzzle. And they say, you know, and so the caption reads, the first Four words that you see are going to be your words for 2022. And I thought, I don't usually participate in these things. And I thought, oh, well, hey, we'll see what happens, you know. And um, the first, so I was like, okay, God, I'm going to do this. So the, the words that I saw were the words that are up here on the PowerPoint. And I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> If that is not a sign from heaven, I don't know what is. <laughs> and God gave me these words. My eyes were drawn to these four words, and it was they were drawn in this order. The four words were connection, alignment, strength, and breakthrough. And let me just say to you, over the last 24 hours, actually within the last 12 hours, <laughs> I have experienced this whole thing. <laughs> We have experienced this whole thing. (laughs) 
So I'm not preaching to you in a matter of me up here, you down here, you know, you need to hear this. No, this is God's word. This is timely for right here, right now. And we're living in this. And all the preaching that's happened up until this point has led to this. Connection, alignment, strength, and breakthrough. So as as these words kind of came forth in front of me, I was like, God, yes, I receive this. I want this. And you know, when you say to God that you want something, he makes sure that there's opportunity for you to get. You know, you always hear this thing, you know, I I want patience, so I'm praying for patience. Well, what does he do? He tests your patience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so these are some of the things, actually, in looking at them, these are the things that I want. I can't say that I've specifically prayed for connection or alignment, strength, and breakthrough. But I know I've prayed in different times in my life for strength, for breakthrough, for better connections to people. How can I be present more in my interactions and alignment? So I, I just I just really believe that these four words, they're just not for me, but they're for us too as a church body. And, and this is the time for us to be going to the next level. It's it, There's a, a, a next level anointing that's coming forth. And these four things are going to be themes in our lives for some time as we step into that next level. Because I believe for this to happen, that there, there needs to be, there must be, for us to go to the next level, there must be a trust, there must be a unity uh, in relationships and there is another level of loyalty that God is asking, not for us, for just with him, but with each other too. And this is a unique group of people. We have a great culture here, but this doesn't stay within these walls. This needs to go out to the world. And what you learn here and what we, we kind of, uh, model with each other and, and maybe fight over or, you know, struggle with at times to time. It's, it's worth it because this is the, the breeding grounds, the growing grounds for what the world needs. So in connection, The definition of connection is the relation between things that depend on, that involve, or follow each other. It relates to a causal relationship. In a causal relationship, you probably have heard the terms of cause and effect. You know, what one thing does affects the other. William, he's just learning right now about cause and effect. I just heard him say so. (laughs) What what one thing does, the other thing is affected by it. So in a causal relationship, there is something that what affects you will affect me, and what affects me will affect you. 
And so we were built to have connection with God and with man. And we were not meant to live in a vacuum. Relationships are a human need. And we all have been captivated by them. I know this is probably a very bad analogy, but I'm going to go with it. If you really think about it, the Bible in a way was kind of like the first soap opera. Bum, 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 or drama. (laughs) Because if you think about it, it's the story of God's story with him and his people, but then it's also an expose of people's relationships to people and how... Sometimes it goes really good, and sometimes it doesn't go so well. But the thing that the Bible gives that the world doesn't give, in terms of a soap opera, per se, is hope. The Bible outlines and gives you the ideas of what the right thing to do is. They don't just show you or tell you what the ugly is, but they also... But the Bible, his word, gives you the good thing, gives you the right thing to do. So, our most important connection must be with God. And the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and over and over again, like I said, his word is speaking of him, relating to us. In Psalm 62, 2, It says that he alone is my rock and my salvation, my defense and my strong tower. I will not be shaken or disheartened. And in that same Psalm, verses five and six, for God alone, my soul waits in silence and quietly submits to him. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress and my defense. I will not be shaken or discouraged. That's a psalm about God being our rock. In John 8, 29, this is something that Jesus said. And he, and he who sent me is always with me. He has not left me alone because I always do what pleases him. Jesus even spoke of his oneness with the Father, and that's what we have access to, too. John fourteen sixteen, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. The helper is the Holy Spirit. He will give you another helper to be with you forever. John 14, 18. Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come back to you. Our God is a loving father. He doesn't leave us to ourselves. He doesn't leave us alone. And in James 2, 23. And it says, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and this faith was credited to him as righteousness and as a conformity to God's will. And he was called the friend of God. 
Uh, I, we are called the friends of God. It's through our relationship with the Father that that our obedience, He loves that. Not our obedience where He's throwing it over, throwing it over us, and saying, "You must do this." No. It's an obedience where we want to run to our daddy, where we want to please him. I often hear from people that, you know, they make the statement that like all I need is Jesus, (laughs) which is true at the heart level. All you do need is Jesus in this life. Okay, for sure. But to be the body of Christ, it can't just be you and Jesus. We need each other. (laughs) And we have to work together. And because if we try just to function by ourselves alone, that doesn't work so good. So in terms of man's connection with man, the Bible outlines this really well. Proverbs is a great book that talks about relationships, whether with each other or with God. And um, the Bible is great for ideas, guidelines about how to do relationships. In Genesis two eighteen, for the marriage relationship, God says, now the Lord God said, it's not good For the man to be alone, I will make him a helper. One who balances him, a counterpart who is suitable and complementary for him. I love that. In Ecclesiastes 4.11, again, if two lie down together, then they keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Also, in Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10, two are better than one because they have a more satisfying return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. I know it may seem like a little thing, but coming to a work day is important. (laughs) It's helpful, you know, when you have people around you to help even if it's just in the simple things. And of course, you can't talk about the body without bringing forth 1 Corinthians 12.12. For just as the body is one and yet has many parts, and all the parts through many, though many, form one body, so it is with Christ, And there's this huge long description about the relationship between all the parts of the body. And then in verse 26 of there, it says, And if one member suffers, all the parts share the suffering. And if one member is honored, all rejoice with it. That's one of our mottos. When you, re- when you succeed, we will rejoice with you. When you guys are struggling, we struggle with you too. 
So what, what, there's a question, um, that God wants you to consider. And I'm not, I have to answer it for myself, but he, he is asking what gets in the way of your connection. And the two things that he brought to me were distractions and fear. Many of us know what our distraction, distractions are that keep us from God and others. Sometimes we don't know what we're afraid of. Sometimes we do know what we're afraid of. <laughs> not that we are to live in fear because we're not, but sometimes we have those struggles. And fear is a great isolator. And so I would encourage you that if you don't know, and if if none of this applies to you, great. <laughs> I'm with you. I'll come, you know, support you and all that. But if you don't know, Holy Spirit will tell you if you ask. And he's going to reveal it to you. And so two just final thoughts about connection is what breaks connection is distrust and unforgiveness. And what makes connection is trust and vulnerability, rawness and honesty. So the next word that I saw was alignment. And um, Melissa's word last week was talking about positioning. There's a level of that in that in, in her word. And alignment means um, the correct or appropriate position, a position of agreement or alliance. And some of the synonyms for uh, alignment are adjustment and arrangements, uh, calibration, order, positioning, sequence, and sighting. And as I was thinking about the word alignment, the first idea that came to my head was about tires, I think, being aligned on a car, or the steering needs to be aligned so it'll go straight. And how important that is. Then God brought me to when you go to a store and there's a grocery cart and the wheels are not right. <laughs> they are not aligned. Oh. And it might be the only cart there or the Menards or whatever store you shop at. Because I know men, this has happened to you. This has happened just to the ladies. But you guys know what I'm saying. And you find yourself when you're in the store you want to go this way and the cart's taking you this way. And it actually, it drives me crazy because usually those carts are the noisiest. And so you're fighting with this thing just to come along with you. And it's actually kind of embarrassing. (laughs) At least I have found it to be. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it, it becomes a battle and sometimes it gets kind of tense you know because you're trying to pull this thing that doesn't want to come with you 
And so I, God gave me the visual for that. And it just spoke to me of how important it need we need to be in alignment with him. So he he doesn't have to pull us and drag us. I mean, God would do anything for us. Don't get me wrong. But so it doesn't have to be such a struggle. When things are in alignment, you're cruising down the aisle, you know, and you're getting your stuff and everything's going well. And, you know, hey, Joe, how you doing? You know, every, everything's cool. There's no struggle. It really makes me appreciate it when, at least at the grocery store, when, when the cart works right. So, we need to be in alignment with God and with man. If you haven't noticed so far, there's a theme. All these things need to be in conjunction with God and with man. It's not just an all one or all the other. So when we are in alignment with God... We're allowing him to direct and steer us in the direction of his purpose and plan. Proverbs 3, 5 through 7. Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. And do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him. And he will make your paths straight and smooth. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Romans 8, 5, and 6. For those who are living according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are living according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace. When you're in alignment with God's will, your grocery cart is life and peace. <laughs> and so I love this next scripture it's from Jeremiah 1 verse 5 it says before I formed you in the womb I knew you and approved of you as my chosen instrument and before you were born I consecrated you to myself as my own. I have appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That was God's word over Jeremiah. Okay? But I received that for me. God knows your identity and he calls you out. He knows your identity and your purpose. And he calls you out. He knows it before you're born what you're supposed to be in this world. And so we need to align ourselves with him to recognize that, to recognize our identity. And if we don't know that, and as we come into alignment with God, he's going to awaken that in us. And then as he does that, then you go into it, that you go pursue it. Speaking in tongues is a great way to bring you into alignment with God. That's my personal opinion. Because it bypasses your brain. 
where any logical, rational, or irrational thinking occurs. <laughs> and it goes straight to your spirit and to your heart. I'm super great at encouraging you guys to do it. I'm not that wonderful at doing it myself. But that is changing by the grace of God. Because <laughs> this is something that he had to remind me of. So in alignment with God is all those wonderful things. So we need to also consider being aligned with man. And the main thing that he brought to me is to say, is to encourage you that to make sure that you're aligning yourself with others, with others, instead of aligning yourself over others. In Matthew 7, 1 and 2, it says, Do not judge and criticize and condemn so that you will not be judged unfairly. For just as you judge others, so you will be judged. And in accordance with your standard of measure, judgment will be measured to you. Passing judgment is the questioning of others through our thoughts and actions based upon our own pride and assumptions. This is a place that I've been, so I'm not just picking at you. (laughs) Having an attitude that I'm better than you, placing yourself over someone's life, not that they know that you're doing that, it's not like I walk up to Catherine and say, I'm judging you. <laughs> There's probably a reason why we don't hear each other's thoughts, okay? If you've ever... There's a, a, a kid's radio series that my kids love growing up. It's called Adventures in Odyssey. And there is an episode where this girl... Uh, there's like this machine um, or a room of truth of consequences or something, something like that. And she goes into this adventure and she wants to hear everybody's thoughts because she thinks that everybody's thinking about her and everybody is not thinking about her. (laughs) And so this thing, adventure shows her, you know, people are not thinking about her or like... (laughs) You know, she got a new haircut and, you know, her friend said, oh, it looks great when her friend was really thinking it didn't look so great, you know, but she got the unfiltered version. So anyway, I, I say all that to say is there was a reason why you just, you know, our thoughts can be a dangerous place. <laughs> and that's why God, that's why it's important that we renew our minds, that we let God work his way into our minds, our hearts, and our spirits. If that makes sense. So, we need to, uh, so we need to be mindful that, uh, so in in the judgment process, um, we get to a point 
that you place yourself over someone else's lives, you know, kind of like the armchair quarterback thing. I'm, I'm good at that. <laughs> Only for football. <laughs> anyway, so it's a poisoning of your soul, which means your mind, your will, your emotions are over someone else. You know, like you have all these great ideas of how they should run their life. You know, if only they would do this, then this would go This would go great. You know, if only they would stop acting in this way. You know, some people might actually like them, or however you want to say. So, poisoning your soul, poisoning yourself over somebody else is a dangerous place to be. Especially if you're judging someone who's in authority over you. And I'll just leave that there. So the best place for us to be in alignment with man is in unity. In Psalm 133, it's just Psalm 133, it's like three verses or something. It says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil poured on. Poured on the head, coming down on the beard, even the beard of Aaron. Coming down on the edge of his priestly robes. It's like the dew of Hermon coming down on the hills of Zion. For there the Lord has commanded the blessing of life forevermore. Commanded the blessing. Unity he commands the blessing. Sweetness. Mm. And in Acts 2, 43, 47, a sense of awe was felt by everyone and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles and all those who had believed in Jesus were together and had all things in common. And they began selling their property and possessions and resharing the proceeds with all as anyone had need. Day after day, they met in the temple, continuing with one mind and breaking bread in various private homes. They're eating meals together with joy and generous hearts, praising God continually and having favor with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their numbers daily those who were being saved. Hospitality. Breaking bread together. Supporting each other. Bible studies. Inviting people into your life. Showing them Jesus brings unity. Inviting each other, if you don't know people well, even in this room. Spending time together. Watching a football game. Or not. (laughs) Eating pizza. Making chocolate. (laughs) It's good. So strength is the capacity of an object or substance. I added the word person to the definition or a person to withstand great force or pressure. The emotional or mental qualities necessary for dealing with situations or events that are distressing or difficult. And another uh, idea 
Her strengths are the things that we're good at, our positive qualities. And so our strength with God is when his strength becomes our own. And we are able to do whatever is set before us. Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength and renew their power. They will lift up their wings like eagles. They will run and not become weary. They will walk and not grow tired. I want that. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens and empowers me. Second Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. But he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is being perfected in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly boast in my weaknesses, says Paul, so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. So I am well pleased with weakness, with insults, with distress, with persecutions and with difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. You know, with the strength, there's a dichotomy of like relying our, relying on our ourselves versus relying on God's strength. And if we do things in our own strength, it's not going to last very long. Then it means that it's up to us to hold things together. And in and of ourselves, we can't. That's one time I will say we can't. <laughs> but when you rely on God and you, you partner with his grace, everything changes. And it shifts from our ability to his ability. And it takes the pressure off of you. So we are then asked to relate to God in return in this manner. In Mark 12, 30, it says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Love him with everything that's in you. And strength in relation to others. We need to be strength. We need to, by the grace of God, be be strength for those who have not. And we can do that by using the spiritual gifts within us to bless and encourage each other. In Romans 1, 11 and 12, Paul says, For I long to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift to strengthen and establish you. That is that we may mutually, that we may be mutually encouraged and comforted by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So in that, Paul wants to see the Roman church. He wants to see the people for him to be encouraged and for them to be encouraged. So my last one is breakthrough. And I know there's a reason that breakthrough was the last word that I saw. It's because you need the other three to get to the last one. You need connection, alignment, and strength to achieve.
breakthrough personally and corporately. And breakthrough is a word that became popular in its use during the like the late 40s and the early 50s, 1950s, uh, when there was a lot of scientific discovery happening and military campaigns and stuff. And so breakthrough in its definition is a sudden, dramatic, important discovery or development. And in military terms, it, it talks about it's a military movement in advance all the way through and beyond the enemy's front line. Ha. I love that. I can just imagine that. It's an advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's front line. I love that. So it's an overcoming, a bursting through. And for breakthrough to happen, it requires action, not passivity. And we need to want it. Newsflash. <laughs> you need to want it. <laughs> Isaiah 43, 18, 19. Do not remember the former things or ponder the things of the past. Listen carefully. I'm about to do a new thing. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? I will even put a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Those are new things. God has the ability to do that in and through you. Do you want it? It has to be as God leads. Breakthrough as he directs. In Micah 2.13, he who opens the breach goes up before them. They break through and pass the gate going out by it. Their king passes on before them, the Lord at their head. And in the Amplified, it says, the breaker, the Messiah who opens the way, shall go up before them, liberating them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out. So their king goes on before them, and the Lord is at their head. And the last thing when it comes to breakthrough, God wants you to consider to evaluate your mindset. To achieve breakthrough, you need to set your mind, align your beliefs to a place that believes that breakthrough can happen. That the impossible can happen. And for that to occur, you may have to consider if you're believing any lies. Are you believing lies that are preventing breakthrough? What are you confessing over yourselves and or the situation? Are you saying things like it's impossible? I'll never be able to do fill in the blank. I'm afraid that fill in the blank. I can't. Trust me, we've all been there. We've all said these things. We've all thought these things. This is not a condemnation word. This is a recognizing word and let's do something about it. Because he doesn't want you to dwell right here. This is not an encampment. The land of the lies is not where we're supposed to live. We need to live in the land of the truth. So these mindsets, if you're not purposely aware of them, the people around you will recognize them and they may call you on that. All right? But these lies need to be uprooted and destroyed. 
with the truth in order to get to where God designed you and he destined you to be. And so as we close, I'm going to leave you with this. Romans 8.31 What shall we say to all these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies us. Verse 34, who is the one who condemns us? Christ Jesus is the one who died. And more than that, who was raised from the dead and who is at the right hand of God interceding with the Father for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? In verse 37, it says, Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loved us. Get that, more than conquerors. We are busting through the lines and beyond. For I am convinced beyond any doubt that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor things present and threatening nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. (laughs) Uh, Paul cracks me up. It's an English teacher, man. I don't know what she was thinking, but and maybe it's just the translation, probably. <laughs> yes, he is the king of run-on sentences. Yeah. But there probably was some issue with, I don't know, what did he write in Greek? What did he, uh, yeah, God, yeah. But uh, anyway, you guys get the point, though. There is nothing that separates us from God. God is the God of breakthrough. He is the one who paves the way. And so with all these things, he wants this for us. Now, this isn't the end all of end all. It's not, you know, the perfect recipe and, oh, I'm doing all these things. And it's not, you know, the checklist. But it's important. I mean, the first thing, yes, is loving God, loving Jesus and doing his will. But the second thing is to love each other as you love yourself. That's what his commandments were all about. Anyway. So, Father, I thank you for this group. I thank you, God, for this time. And I just ask that as the word has occurred, Lord God, that it would bear fruit. In Jesus' name. Amen.